Welcome to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Today is Monday, June 29th, 2020. My name is Chip, and I'm your host. If you're a new listener, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher. And as of last week, we are now on iHeartRadio. So just another outlet that you can find our podcast. And if you can, you can also watch us on YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, sorry for the hiatus that was last week. Um, just a lot of things going on. So now that I'm back, uh, I'm looking forward to doing today my top 12 tight ends for 2020. But first, let's get into some to the news that happened last week. But I just want to do some a refresher on what things have been going on um, as of late in the NFL. The biggest news is Dak Prescott finally signed his franchise tag. So it looks like he's going to play next year without any type of holdout. Um, I know they're probably still negotiating this contract, and I know numbers-wise are probably still far apart. But the good thing is he will be there um, due to sign, sign his tender. So that's great for Cowboys fans. That's great for fantasy football you know, owners and all that stuff, hoping that Dak Prescott's going to play. And so it looks like he is. Um, also, kind of late news, but uh, Debo Samuel is – has surgery on his foot. He broke uh, a small bone in his uh, in his foot. It's called a Jones fracture. Uh, looks like he's gonna have. He looked like he had surgery, and his timeline is about twelve to sixteen weeks. He's probably going to miss, obviously, all of the training camp and most of the preseason. There's a small possibility that he starts uh, next season on the PUP. Um, he, I know he's trying to come back before that, so he may only miss one game. But if he's not doing training camp and he's not involved in any of that offseason stuff, it's going to be hard for him to go from having a fractured foot, having surgery, and not be able to do any type of physical activity and then jump right into the season based on all the things that are going on with this kind of unconventional offseason that we're having. But don't be surprised if Debo Samuel is going to be on the PUP, which will make him eligible to come back week six. So just to keep a lookout on that, because he was my one of my breakout receivers, most like everyone else. And it does suck to see somebody of his talent have this type of injury um, and then we'll keep him out for a duration of time. So hopefully he's a fast healer. Hopefully he won't miss much time. But, you know, just keep updated on the things that are going on with him. Also, we have New York Jets safety Jamal Adams finally formally requested a trade. It looks like he's done being in New York. He really wants to trade. He's pushing himself out of there. And I have no idea on how serious the Jets are of trading him. It seems like he gave a list of teams that he potentially would like to go to. Um, I don't know. He's still, he's an elite player and he's by far the best safety in the league. Um, He's definitely the best player on the Jets. So I think there's value there to get for him. I just don't know how quickly the Jets are willing to move on from him. So We'll see. And then kind of a bizarre piece of news. Dallas Goddard was reportedly punched in the face um, at a restaurant while with his family. And the report said that the the punch was unprovoked. There was a video that came out last week that showed him standing there talking to somebody and somebody just sucker punched him. And I just don't get it. I don't get how people have the balls to just go up to a football player and just punch him in the face. And it happened last year to Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett was apparently in his car and somebody came up and just punched him in the face as well. It's almost 
kind of, it's not almost, it is cowardly that people do that. I mean, I don't know what the rule is set on NFL players if they get hit by, you know, a fan or anybody in public and they defend themselves. And if they actually get in a fist fight, if that pertains to a, a suspension, I have no idea. But there's no, there's no sense for a random person to cowardly punch somebody in the face who's not looking. I mean, that's, to me, that's obviously the most cowardly thing you can do. But it looks like he got away with it. And it looks like, you know, there's no repercussions on this fact that this guy just punched an NFL tight end in the face. It looks like Dallas is going to be okay as well. So um, just a random weird thing that people are crazy. You know, people just tend to want to provoke players regardless. And good thing Dallas kind of kept his cool and, you know, obviously um, didn't retaliate. So... Anyways, but that's the news that I w wanted to kind of refresh everyone's memory on what's going on in the league and um, and go from there. But today we are going to be revealing my early top 12 tight ends of 2020. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. At number 12, I have Jared Cook. Jared Cook ended last season as tight end 7. Um, he had a decent season. You know, he had 43 receptions on 65 targets for 705 yards and 9 touchdowns. He did have 13% of the target share. You know, overall, Jared Cook had a good year. However, his, his, his touchdowns was second overall in the league and behind Mark Andrews. He was very efficient. However, the targets were, you know, the targets were hard to come by even last year. And I think this year is going to be even more the case because you got Emmanuel Sanders coming in. Emmanuel Sanders is going to warrant targets. You have Michael Thomas. You have now Emmanuel Sanders. You do have Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield. So I I don't see, I have him ranked at number 12 because he seems like a player that he's going to be probably a more of a streaming tight end next year than an actual every every week starter. You know, he, he also played 55% of the snaps, so he wasn't used a ton. I mean, he did, I mean, he, he played more snaps than Mark Andrews, but He's one of those guys where he had he was very efficient. He had a good year, but it was on very minimal targets and everything like that. So, Jared Cook next year, he's a he's a guy that you probably would like to have as a streamer. Don't rely on him to be on a you know every week stud or tight end number you know tight end one every week next year. Um, it's going to be a lot different in that offense, and I think it's mostly because Emmanuel Sanders is there. So, uh, just. Just keep your eyes on better options out there that have better target share for uh, for next season. Now, tight end 11. Um, I have Mike Jasicki as my tight end 11. Now, he ended last year as tight end 12. Last year, he had 51 receptions on 89 targets for 734 yards and three touchdowns. You know, he did have 15% of the target share behind Parker and, and Williams. So, for me... I do think Mike Jasicki is going to have a breakout season. I think that there's everything there for him to have that. He's now kind of gotten his you know his feet wet in the NFL. He's gotten used to the game. I think that last year it did help that you know Devontae Parker wasn't wasn't at 100 percent all all of last season. Preston Williams went down, so I do think he did benefit from that. But I do know that some are are worried about his targets. And but the good news is is that the, there's every indication that you know they're going to use him more in the slot this year. Also, Chain Gailey is now find you know he he finds ways to use the tight end, and you know he had 
in the offense, Shane Gailey is known to get the tight end the ball. I mean, in any way possible. So if he's going to put him in the slot and try to find these mismatches, it's going to be there for him. And last year he had 11 end zone targets. So I think he does have a, he is a great value at tight end next year. Um, he's somebody you can grab later on in the draft. I know a lot of people are going to be trying to go after Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, Andrews. But I do think that if you wait and fill your roster with other depth, that you can get somebody like Mike Jasicki and, and potentially have a breakout tight end one next year. So uh, he's a guy that I have at tight end 11 right now. I'm really high on Mike Jasicki. So we'll see what happens. Now, tight end 10, I have Rob Gronkowski. You know, so it's it's known if you've listened to my podcast and watched my YouTube channels that I'm a huge Bucks fan. And... But it's not because I'm a Bucks fan that have Rob Gronkowski ranked so high. It's because he's elite. You know, in 2018, he did end the season as tight end 11, but he he was injured. You know, in his 2018 stats, he had 47 receptions on 72 targets for 682 yards and three touchdowns. And that was only in 13 games. So that's something that is encouraging. But now on the flip side, the thing that's not encouraging is that the tight end's for Tampa Bay, total for, with Bray and, and O.J. Howard, only total 20% of the target share. You know, Bruce Arians' offense is not known to use the tight end a lot. But we all know the relationship that Brady has with Gronk. We know that that's Brady's number one target. They're going to implement the offense that requires Gronk to be in the slot, running up the seam. I do see Gronkowski being, a, he has potential to be a top five tight end this year. And it's because of who he's playing with. Now, if he went to a different team, I may not feel that way. But with Brady and Gronk, there's just a certain chemistry those two have that it's unmatched. And he, it, they just know each other. They know how to feed off each other. And that's what we're going to see that we didn't have last year because obviously the tight end was not really utilized a lot in Arian's offense. But as news has indicated that they're going to work around Brady's strengths in the offense. They're going to bring what Brady likes into the offense. And obviously Gronk is coming not to be a decoy. He's coming to be a top elite tight end. And I just don't, I, it's hard for me to shy away from that. I mean, when he's healthy, he is dominant. So, you know, he's, he's a top five guy for me. And I think with the season that he had, like last season, he was off. I think re-energized himself. He got himself healthy. He was able to kind of get his mind right. And I think he's, it's, show, it's, it's showing that he's like really excited about playing again. And I really think that makes the difference where you see a guy who's re-energized as someone as in Tom Brady and someone like Rob Gronkowski. I think he's going to have a great year next year. So I have him at number 10. At number nine, this may be a hot take, but I have Hayden Hurst at number nine. Um, he did end the season last year as tight end 34. But he was a tight end behind Mark Andrews. Now, his 2019 stats, he had 30 receptions on 39 targets for 349 yards and two touchdowns. You know, he had, he didn't have much of the target share, but if you look at where he went, he got traded to Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons from Baltimore. And if you look at what Atlanta does with the tight end, you know, tight ends, Austin Hooper last year had 18% of the target share. So with that being the case, you know, he... Hayden Hurst was a first round drafted tight end. He has the talent. You know, the Falcons, he's going to flourish in the Falcons offense. If you look at what happened last year with Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper was the number one tight end before he got injured. 
So I do think that because he is one of the main targets, he will be one of the main targets on the Atlanta Falcons, he's going to see a uptick in obviously his targets, yards, and everything else. And, you know, he's he's talented. You know, remember, like, there's a lot of targets that are vacant for the Atlanta Falcons. And it's going to it's going to be for his taking. So you got obviously Jones, you got Calvin Ridley, but then after that, why not Hayden Hurst? I mean, they don't have Devontae Free, Devontae Freeman anymore, right? They don't have they don't have Austin Hooper, so these targets have to go to someone. And I can actually see him having a Waller or Andrews type season, but it's risky because we just don't know. It's all speculation. But I do think that he has tight end one potential if he goes right into what Austin Hooper did and they use Hayden Hurst exactly like they used Austin Hooper. So look at, you know, Hayden Hurst as being a, a sleeper slash break, you know, breakout player for next year. At number eight, I have Tyler Higby. Now last season he ended out he ended the season as tight end eight as well. But last year it was kind of kind of interesting how he kind of broke out because he had 69 reception on 89 targets for 734 yards and he had three touchdowns. He had 15% of the target share, and he was a t- he was a tight end that he uh, he was like an unexpected fancy stud late in the season. You know, f- he averaged 21.44 PPR points from week 13 to week 17 with 92% of the snap count. So he was obviously intentionally used. I personally don't think what he did last year was a fluke. Um, if he's healthy, he's a tight end one again this year. He definitely has the potential to have a breakout season. He. Uh, you know, everyone last year thought Gerald Everett was going to be the guy, the breakout guy. And then it just really didn't emerge. You know, Robert Woods had kind of an up and down season. You know, Cooper Cup came on really, really strong early in the season. Then he kind of tampered off. So, you know, Todd Gurley just wasn't the same player. They didn't use Todd Gurley as, as they usually did, you know, in the seasons you know prior. So Tyler Higby is a definitely good candidate for a late round tight end you can draft and get tight end one potential out of it so look at Tyler Higby being one of those guys to really really take the next step forward at number seven I have Evan Ingram now last year he ended the season at tight end 18 you know last year he had 44 receptions on 68 targets for 467 yards and three touchdowns but he only played in nine games due to injury now he tied with with the lead with 22 percent of the target share before getting injured you know Ingram is extremely talented it's no question you know, however, you can't stay on the field. I just, I hate seeing players who are so talented, who have the potential to be stars in the league that can't stay on the field for a full 16-game season. So, you know, it's one of those things when he's on the field, he's a mismatch, he's he's elite. Um, you know, we, we saw him when he could be when he was a rookie. He emerged as a, a stud tight end, you know, as a rookie. But there were injuries to the receiving core, you know, with Odell Beckham and, you know, Brandon Marshall and whatnot. So, this year, I think it's going to be a lot harder for him to get targets. But, you know, before we got injury last year, he was having another good year. He had he had scored double-digit double digit PPR points in seven out of the, of the nine games that he played. You know, he's hard to bench when he's healthy. He's part of the offense. He's implemented the offense. You know, like I said, he could have a reduction in targets. But he's he is he, he's, he's too good not to see him be fancy relevant. He is risky due to his durability concerns, but if you draft if you draft Evan Ingram, you have to have a plan B because he's a guy that you just don't know if he's going to have a full 16-game season. So if you um, do draft him, just have a plan B. 
Number six, I have Hunter Henry. Now, he ended last year as a tight end nine. You know, he had 55 receptions on 76 targets for 652 yards and five touchdowns. Another another tight end who didn't play a full season. He only played 12 games due to a tibial plateau fracture in his knee. So that was something where he missed, you know, he missed some time because of that. He did have 17% of the target share. We all know Henry is talented, but he has not played a, a played a full 16 game season in his career. Um, even though, you know, even though he missed four games last year, he was still top 12 in snaps played amongst tight ends at 78%. You know, he came out hot when he got off an injury. He came out and played against the Pittsburgh Steelers and scored 30 PPR points. Now that got everyone excited because we knew the potential that Hunter Henry had, but then he didn't score more than 15 points the rest of the season PPR wise. So the good news is though, he is an end zone target. You know, he's, he has a presence in the end zone when he had, he's had 17 touchdowns in the red zone in 41 games. So I expect more of the same. You know, I do think that he is a good safety outlet for Tyra Taylor or Justin Herbert. It depends on who's playing quarterback, but I still believe in Hunter Henry. I still think if he's healthy, he's elite. So he's a guy that you can probably get later on in the draft, but I have him at number six. I can see him still being a tight end one and finishing there, you know, next year. So number five, I have Darren Waller. Uh, Last year, he ended the season as tight end three. You know, he had 90 receptions on 117 targets for 1,145 yards and three touchdowns. He led the team with 22% of the target share. You know, Darren Waller was one of the best stories from last season. You know, Waller became a household name. If you watched the Hard Knocks last year, you, you, you heard his story and you saw the perseverance that Waller had. And it was just awesome. I love seeing him emerge last year. Now, it did help that Antonio Brown got released. So that really gave Darren Waller the the target share that he needed to emerge and break out next year. He definitely was the beneficiary of that. Um, the only downside of him last year was that he only scored three touchdowns. Now, saying all that, I do think Waller will be overdrafted this year because of what he did last year. Um, his targets are going to take a hit. He, they know that the Raiders added Jason Wynn, which is not really a huge threat to Darren Waller, but those are targets that will go somewhere else, you know. And then they did, you know, they drafted Henry Ruggs, who's going to be their home run type of uh, receiver. And then don't forget Hunter Renfro. It seemed like every time Hunter Renfro was in the game, those are the games that Darren Waller didn't have the targets. So there's going to be a lot of interesting things that happen. And then if you add Josh Jacobs, if they actually use Josh Jacobs as a pass catching running back, it's hard for me to see Darren Waller get 117 targets again. That's the only, you know, negative I have is that people will overdraft him. And you may, you may be disappointed by his value. You may draft him really early, hope that you can get what you did last year, this year. And unfortunately I, with all those things happening and all the things they've added, it's just hard for me to see him as a, as a, you know, draft him in the top, you know, five tight end. So he's, he's still going to be a top, you know, top 12 tight end. I just don't think you'll see him in that top five category. Now, number four, I have Zach Ertz. Last year, he ended the season as tight end four. You know, last year he had 88 receptions on 135 targets for 916 yards and six touchdowns. He led a team with 24% of the target share. I mean, this is tough because, Ertz has been in elite time for the last few years, but I think we're going to see some regression. I think this is the year that we see 
you know, what Carson Wentz's top target was, you're going to see the regression in those targets and just the fantasy outlook for him. I mean, you have somebody like Dallas Goddard who's going to be more involved. He's emerging. I think you're going to see a lot of Dallas being more, you know, implementing the offense. But then you can't you can't ignore that they also have they are equipped with Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey. They just drafted the rookie Jalen Rager, and then they have Miles Sanders as a running back, who's a pass pass catching running back. So if everyone on that roster stays healthy, I just don't see Ertz getting 135 targets again. I mean, I think he ends the season at back and tight end one, but last year he was dealt with a lot more double double coverage. He benefited from all the receivers getting hurt last year. So it it's unfortunate. I have Zach Ertz in a dynasty league and it may be the last season I have him. I may have to draft somebody to replace him for next season um, in 2021, because I just don't see Zach Ertz being that league guy anymore, which is very unfortunate because I love watching him play. Now, moving on to number three, number three, I have Mark Andrews. Um, last season, he ended the season as the tight end five. You know, he has 64 receptions on 98 targets for 852 yards and 10 touchdowns. Now, he led the team with 23% of the target share and the air yards. You know, Andrews enjoyed a 2019 breakout season. He led all tight ends with 10 touchdowns. He was extremely efficient last year, and he only played 44% of the Ravens' snaps. So, winning the game, he was being targeted. He was the guy that they went to. Um, He will continue to be, I believe, he will still be Lamar Jackson's top target overall and his top red zone target. Um, I know most people think that Lamar Jackson is probably going to have a regression in passing touchdowns. I don't think that's the case. I think if you see any regression from Lamar Jackson is the rushing yards and how much he actually runs the ball. I think that he's going to try to become a better passer, which I think benefits Mark Andrews. Uh, I, I still think that Andrews is going to be a top five tight end next year. Um, I don't think, I think that he needs to be able to play more snaps. I don't, he could potentially get, you know, double digit tight uh, touchdowns next year, but um, I still, I still have comfortable, you know, I'm still comfortable drafting him at number three, you know, in a sense for, you know, being my number three tight end off the board, but you know, it's, it's to each his own. I mean, I have him there and I still, I still think he has a really good you know season next year. Now, number two, I have George Kittle. He ended the season as, as the tight end number two last year. He had 85 receptions on 107 targets for 1,335 yards and five touchdowns. Just like Andrews, he led the, t- the team with 28% of the target share. There's really not much to say after. I don't really have to sell you on George Kittle. I mean, he's arguably the best tight end in football. And he's only 26 years old, and he's been consistent, you know, every year so far. Uh, he has a mismatch. He's able to do anything on the field. I mean, he played 80, 88% of the 49ers' offensive snaps. He will continue to be the top target in the offense. Now, especially with Debo Samuel being out and potentially missing extended time due to his foot injury, I do think that Kittle remains to be the, the top target for Garoppolo. Um, he's a set-and-forget-it tight end and will finish more than likely in the, in the top two of tight ends next year again. And then number one, I mean, Travis Kelsey. I mean, that's obvious, right? You know, Travis Kelsey last year was the tight end one. He had 97 receptions on 136 targets for 1,229 yards and five touchdowns. He led the team with 24% of the target share. He's good. I mean, 
I mean, that's all I really have to say. I mean, that's my overview. He's good. He he's going to be your tight end one, you know. But seriously though, like Kelsey is thirty and continues to be an elite tight end. He has now had four straight seasons with a thousand yards. He has led all tight ends in snaps played, targets, receptions, and yards last year. He has the best quarterback throwing the ball in Patrick Mahomes, and he's in the most dangerous offense. So, yeah, grab Kelsey. Um, he's one of those guys where, just like last season, there are not a lot of elite tight ends that you can grab. So if you feel comfortable grabbing a tight end, if you are comfortable in your draft skills and getting some guys that have value that can fill some some spots there for you, yeah, grab Kelsey. I mean, he's a beast. He Most people will draft him in the second or third round. I mean, that's how good he is. You know, and he also, he's finished as the number one tight end since 2016. So it's hard to argue that if someone drafts Kelsey early, I mean, you're getting the best tight end in football. So for now, there's no indication of him slowing down. Obviously, if there's an injury, that's going to hinder some things. But until further notice, you're going to have to draft tight. You know, Kelsey's going to be your number one tight end next year again. You know, so that's it. Those are my top 12 tight ends for next year or this year. I'm sorry. And, you know, let's kind of review what if you missed it, let's review um, at, at tight end 12. I have Jared Cook. At tight end 11, I have Mike Jasicki. At number 10, I have Rob Gronkowski. Number 9, I have Hayden Hurst. At number 8, I have Tyler Higby. Number 7, I have Evan Ingram. Number 6, I have Hunter Henry. Number 5, I have Darren Waller. Number 4, I have Zach Ertz. Number 3, I have Mark Andrews. Number 2, George Kittle. And number 1, Travis Kelsey. So there you have it. Thank you so much for listening today. Let me know if you found value from this episode and leave a comment. The next episode, I will actually be discussing my top breakout candidates for 2020. So please don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss that episode. You can also find us on social media at Facebook and Twitter at the Gridiron Pod and on Instagram at Gridiron Fantasy Football. That's it for today. Have a great day, and we'll see you all in the next episode. Take care. <laughs>